Welcome to this Dealer's Edge online training session featuring Jeff Sachs with a workshop on ideal pay plans for general managers. Today we'll see how dealership owners can strike the right balance of reward, motivation, and stability. Jeff, Jeff Sachs is CEO of Jeff Sachs Auto and has been advising dealership owners and managers on ways to improve operations and profits for over 30 years. I'm Mike Bowers with Dealer's Edge. Jeff Sachs has a saying that goes something like this. Show me your pay plan, and I'll show you your job description. We'll see the truth of that saying today. Jeff Sachs is a master as well as a practitioner of the pay plan art, and today we'll see what Jeff advises his dealer clients to do to incentivize general managers and keep them focused on building the store's success. In this session, Jeff will examine how to formulate an ideal pay plan for general managers. So we'll be exploring the attributes of truly great general managers. We'll profile the best of the best. We'll define the tasks of the general manager, the daily, weekly, and monthly focus points leading to success. We'll look at the objectives of the general manager and how we can define the goals and measure success. And how can we blend specific metrics into a pay plan that will drive dealership profitability and sustainability? And the reason we do this is because we want to cover the customer, we want to keep customers coming back to our dealership. So that's what we do. Suggested dealership pay plans. So let's hey, go Jeff, back. Jeff. Yes, please. Jeff, it's Mike here. I wonder, can we take a couple questions here before we move on? Absolutely. Uh, okay. Uh, again, you made the point that um, one of the one of the attributes of successful general managers is a commitment to the process. Uh, the question is, how do you measure commitment to a process? Mm. You normally have, uh, you normally do it through um, through you know you want to get this in place and then you want to prevent backsliding. So commitment to the process could be, for example, um, GST a distributor for Toyota in the Gulf States area. They measure was the next service appointment made while the customer was in for service, and they track it. And they track it, and then what they do is their dealers get a report that basically says, okay, these are the service advisors, uh, and these are the appointments that were not made or the next service appointment made at the time of uh, at the time that the customer was in. So you've got to have certain um, data capture mechanisms that does it, that do it. it. It's not, you know, eventually you've got to push people to it, and maybe you have to remind them. But it's it's not difficult to go back if you've got these monitoring uh, monitoring mechanisms in place to say to Joe Smith, you, you didn't make a service appointment for these three customers yesterday. Please give me the circumstances. You're not trying to beat up on him. You're just trying to say, I know you didn't. And eventually you've got to go and say, you know, does the guy have the belief that making the next service appointment helps, and then you've got to start all over again with the vision, is if we made the next service appointment, would this help you with your business? And you've got to go through that. And eventually, you know, they may have slipped up because they were too busy, but down the road, if they've got that belief, you will find that their numbers will improve. Or down the road, if their numbers don't improve, you know, that person's not going to help you with your holistic approach. In sales, we have the same thing. We have dealerships that say, we want you to make the first service appointment at the time you deliver a car to the customer. We have mechanisms in place that every morning the GM gets a listing of all all cars that were delivered yesterday where the first 
where their first initial service appointment was not set up by salesperson and they go and speak to those salespeople. So it's more a case of if they know we know, they make their first sales appointment. They don't make the sales appointment two days later because they just force it into the system. It's made at the time of the delivery of the car. So all of it just requires mechanisms, but it all really starts organically by sharing the vision and saying, will this help you sell more cars? And the answer is yes. The only problem with the sales guy, uh, type A personality, is he wants immediate gratification and it's something which says, no, no, it's delayed gratification. You will sell more cars based on this, but it may take a couple of years. So the activity that we do, the process we do, is for later on, but we've got to put it in place and we've got to have a, a mechanism that controls that. Okay. Uh, one more question. Uh, this is a little bit off topic for today, but you mentioned uh, trends in sales compensation yep. with, with gross profits declining uh, on on uh, vehicle sales. Um, what what can you suggest? What are dealers doing uh, in order to, to at least retain their best salespeople? Um, what we're seeing uh, on the sales side is we're starting to see, you know, we went to, firstly, we went to minis. We've always had minis or guarantees. And we're now seeing so many of them taking place because we've got packs there, we've got hold back, we've got a lot of stuff. We're now seeing a lot of dealers paying on the true gross, meaning cost, you know, minus selling price is your gross. Uh, there's, you know, hold back is a gross. Uh, pack is an, is an artificial thing. And we're seeing so many more people saying, I want to pay off the true gross. That's number one. Number two, we're seeing a lot of salespeople being compensated on the total gross of the deal, front and back. Now, I have some people that say, and I'm doing some work next week with a, with a large group, they're saying, Jeff, um, they're getting paid 10% of the back end. And I'm saying, no, no, pay them off the total back end, reduce your percentage, and people say, I'm aiming for 15% of the total gross. Well, pay them 15% of the total gross, front and back. And what happens is the behavior changes because if they're making a light gross on the front end because they couldn't help it, they are going to really try set up the customer for F&I product that makes it much easier to sell. So a lot of people are saying, I'm going to be, I'm going to change the pay plan and there's no harm in paying him off total gross. I know it may sound radical to some people, but people who've gone onto it just have loved it because they say, hey, less monies, I can control my compensation or my sale, salary, salary, my, my sales comp as a percent of gross. And it doesn't make a difference to me, but what it does do, it starts to lift up my back end a little more because, um, they get set up a little easier by the salespeople to look at the back end product. So I don't know. I hope I've helped you on that one. Uh, yes. Thank you. Uh, well, you've okay. got a little hesitation, so I'm prepared to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. Well, that's, yeah, that, the hesitation was if, if, uh, if I'm the owner, if I'm going to start giving up, uh, uh, the pack and, and hold back, that means the salespeople will be making, I'm, I'm trying to keep them whole, at least the better people trying to keep them whole. Okay. Um, and, uh, so they stay with me, but it also means that as the owner of the company, I'm, I'm taking less. 
if you well, not re- maybe not, maybe maybe not, maybe or maybe not, because the deal comes in is you're probably going to make better back end income because you position the customer a little better. And if you say I want to be at fifteen percent of total sale of total gross, you're going to be at fifteen percent. You know, so um, yes, you may make a little less, but if you're getting more gross per salesperson monthly, you're going to make a little more. Uh, I have another dealer that says, I'm not going to pay you on each deal. I'm going to pay you at the end of the month on the total gross you've produced for me front and back. So it's just various things, but it's a great question. Great question. Okay. Okay. Um, Have you seen dealers uh, offer ownership? to general managers as part of their compensation? Um, absolutely. I've seen it, and I even see it with some of the large private public cap kind of deals where not in the public cap environment, but I see them, and it's it's really what it is. It's a percentage, and and it must have an exit thing to it, and it's a percentage of, let's say, you know, you've got 20% of the deal. Um, in essence, you, you have nothing, really. You've got 20% of the profits. You, you're in a partnership. And the partnership is I've got 20% of the net profit, which is great, or 30%, whatever the number is. But at the end of the day, if a dealer wants to go in a different direction, he goes in a different direction. Now, if you are putting money into the deal, then it's got to be clear as how much, you know, the percentage is that you get for this. And you need to have clear in the agreement the ex- what happens on, 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 on termination or, or dissolution. You know, do you get paid on the the same net worth that you started with, uh, and that's the deal. And you know, in partnerships, um, they work out. You know, you, if you're going to get a ten percent of a partnership and it's a million dollars, you've got to give a hundred thousand. If the partnership's one point two million and you leave, you get one hundred twenty thousand. So what has to happen is they've got to have some strict things in place that they clearly states that um, this is the basis for my purchasing. And it's going to be the same basis uh, if things didn't work out. But in essence, you're still not at control of the dealership. But you can say, yes, I, I, I own part of this dealership. And I know it's a good thing and it's a good feel. And, uh, you know, you, you, you know, it, it, it makes your, makes you feel better about it. Um, and I'm not diminishing it in any shape, way or form. I think having a little action helps. But at the end of the day, Unless you got fifty-one percent, um, you, you, you don't have much that you can really uh, control uh, in terms of if there should be a dissolution. Okay. Uh, just as a, as a add add on to that, uh, I also have noticed that uh, more and more general managers have the title of, of dealership president uh, as a yeah. I, I guess as a low cost uh, form of recognition. Yes, and if they have an interest in the store, yeah. they say, "Yeah, I have an interest in the store," and and that makes them feel it, and that and that's 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 great. But but they have to have those, that agreement in place because that causes tremendous problems should things not work out. All right, um, I, I know today it, it, because of the the variation in the size of dealerships, uh, asking how much should a general manager get paid is is probably not. Uh, not really a worthwhile discussion. Uh, agreed, today. agreed, agreed. Okay. It, de- it depends on the size of the store and yeah. the complexity of the store. And uh, ironically, the percentage drops when you have uh, dealers just producing a lot of money. Yeah. 
and you know you know twenty five percent of 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 something that the dealer had for many years uh and built up the business and now says you're the g m uh you know plus the salary is you know you're looking way north of a million two million bucks for a gm and and that's probably a little out of line right yeah and on the other uh, hand you may have a struggling store with a struggling franchise and you may have to pay more than 20 percent if that's the number that we think is the average number uh you, you listed a number of components for the pay plan uh beginning with a, a base salary plus yeah. a percentage of the net um when you look at the to total compensation, what what percentage of total compensation should the, should each of those components uh, entail? Uh, you know, I like I like you know fifty fifty is a safe way to go, but I see I don't see that much. I see a lot more eighty twenty. It's it's twenty percent uh, salary or the guarantee, and eighty percent is the is the net profit component. Okay. So I'm seeing a lot more on. Uh, we put a percentage over there and, you know, during tougher times, the dealer doesn't get that agitated about the fact that, you know, we might, we, we, we not making the money and it's cyclical, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm overpaying this guy because I've got him on a high base and a very low percentage. Um, we have, uh, you have dealers. The question is, how do you handle, if I, if I'm the dealer, own the company, uh, how do I handle uh, the general managers, a general manager who goes to a uh, a manufacturer sponsored meeting and and starts talking to other general managers and finds out that if he start comes back feeling like he's underpaid? Uh, how, how do you, how do you handle that uh, that discussion when when you know in your heart that the it's the other general manager who's overpaid, not, not your guy who's underpaid? Well, it's a tough deal, but you've got to look at percentages quite a, quite a That's a tough deal. Yeah. I can say the easiest is don't send him to the meetings. Obviously, you can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a percentage situation of, uh, you know, what's, uh, you know, I'll get back to you. Let me call up some of my fellow dealers who've got GMs and discuss it and then come back to the guy and say, you know, the other guy should never leave that store because he's overpaid based yeah. on percentages. Uh, it's a very difficult thing and, you know, it may not be the same thing because you as an owner may spend a little more time than the other guy's an absentee dealer. Okay. Right. But it's a very uh, difficult one, yes. Uh, John, did, did you get any questions over there? No, I'm clear. Okay. Uh, then that is the end of our questions for today and therefore the end of today's workshop. Um, I, you've got Jeff's contact information there in front of you. Uh, his email and his phone number, uh, as well as his, uh, his website. I'd, I'd encourage you to take a look at jeffsaxauto.com. A lot of good information there. Uh, and, uh, and also if you think of questions that you wish you had asked Jeff today, uh, or maybe you were a little reluctant to ask today, but you'd like to ask him directly, feel free to contact him, uh, and ask those questions. Uh, he loves talking about this stuff and, uh, and would be happy to get back to you with, uh, with some good ideas. I'd like to thank all of you for attending today. We had uh, really had a nice crowd uh, from across the country, uh, the U.S. and in, in Canada. Uh, very happy to see that, and we appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend it with us. And I'd like to offer special thanks to Jeff Sachs uh, from Jeff Sachs Auto uh, for taking his time today to spend uh, to share his expertise and experience with us, and for taking the time to put today's workshop together. Uh, Jeff, thank you very much. Mm, pleasure, pleasure. Okay, and with that, uh,
we, Richard just wrote in, said to thank you, and he will follow up with the website. Uh, but again, I want to thank you all, and uh, we'll be signing off for today, and hope you can join us again next week.